0: and welcome back to Ghoul Britannia, a twisted tour of British law. I'm your host, Matthew Robinson, and unfortunately Kylie cannot be with us at the moment, Um, but we are very lucky because with us today is David from the Spooky Isles. Hello David.
1: Hello Matthew, how are you today?
0: Not bad, thank you. Looking forward to today's episode, I, I hope you are too.
1: It is, it's, it's, a, it's a really spooky one, and uh, uh, skulls are always a favourite of mine, I think they're probably a favourite of yours as well.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it's hard to enjoy ghost stories without living a good skull here and there. Um, this is an episode we tried to record a few weeks back, um, technical problems and various other issues have gotten in the way, so I'm glad that we are now in a position where we can bring out episode three, and hopefully um, that is the end of the issues and we can just go from there. Um, As always, it will begin with me telling the story. Uh, The story will also be available to read on the Spooky Isles website, which is www.spookyisles.com So after you've given it a listen, please do check out the Spooky Isles. It's not just the things I write. There are lots of other um, really interesting articles there by very talented writers. um, All very spooky. Once we've had the story, then David and I will have a bit of a chat about it and we will talk about uh, just the story value how enjoyable it is we'll talk about fright factor and we will talk finally about believability so without further ado here is the tale today we're going to manchester it's the screaming skull of
2: wardley hall There are many things you might expect to see on a tour of Wardley Hall. It's a safe bet that a human skull is not one of them. The skull in question once belonged to Father Ambrose Barlow. His fate was as gruesome as it was cruel. Father Barlow, a Benedictine monk, committed the cardinal sin of preaching the Catholic faith in a time when doing so was punishable by death. By necessity, he preached in secret. Unfortunately, he didn't keep this secret well enough. On Easter Sunday, 1641, in the middle of a sermon, Father Barlow was accosted, beaten and dragged off to Lancaster Castle by an angry Protestant mob. His trial was short and perfunctory. Father Barlow did not deny his actions and the judge handed him a death sentence. The execution was brutal. On the 10th of September 1641, Father Barlow was strung up in front of a large crowd, hanged, and then cut down just as he reached the point of death. This was no relief, though. Barlow, still alive, was hacked into four pieces, and the quivering flesh boiled in tar. Finally, his head was mounted on a spike outside the castle. At some point afterwards, his cousin rescued the skull and hid it at Wardley Hall. But why would three centuries of residents choose to keep such a grisly souvenir in their home? Because Father Barlow's remains are what is known as a screaming skull. That is... A skull with such a violent, horrific past that the furious spirit of its former owner remains trapped within it. The ghost is always malevolent, plaguing the living with unpleasant, even deadly supernatural activity. Father Ambrose's skull is no exception. For years, the final, agonising shrieks of Father Bach That is, a skull with such a violent, horrific past that the furious spirit of its former owner remains trapped within it. The ghost is always malevolent, plaguing the living with unpleasant, even deadly, supernatural activity. Father Barlow's skull is no exception. For years, the final, agonising shrieks of Father Barlow have been heard ringing through the manor. The reason behind the screaming remained unknown at first. The skull was well hidden, secretly stashed away behind a panel at the top of the stairs. Then, in the 18th century, Francis third Duke of Bridgewater came to live at Waterley Hall. The Duke set about redecorating his home. It was inevitable that he would discover the skull. When he did, he was utterly disgusted. He took the skull from its hiding place and hurled it into the moat, That evening, a storm like none before hit Wardley Hall. It roared for hours, terrifying the residents and the Duke, and nearly flattening Wardley Hall itself. Francis got the message. He ordered the moat to be drained, and the skull to be retrieved. Francis was the first person to try removing the skull. He wouldn't be the last. Disturbed either by its presence alone, or by the distant blood-curdling screams which emanated from the skull throughout the night, many others made the attempt. Some went even further. Driven to despair by its screams, they tried smashing the skull to pieces, even burning it to ashes out on the grounds. But the skull is not so easily dealt with. Every time it is removed, Father Barlow's ghostly shrieks pursue the one responsible, all through the night. In the morning, the screaming skull always returns. Many a resident has woken to find that hated object on the doorstep, completely intact, gloating at them with its ghastly grin. The legend has grown to such an extent that the skull is no longer hidden. It remains in the same spot at the top of the stairs, only these days it lies behind a glass panel Guides are quick to warn visitors to leave it be. Nobody dares touch the skull, let alone try to remove it. It is even a condition of the least that the skull remains untouched. As you get too close, perhaps you may hear the final horrific shrieks of its former owner. You may smell burning, or hear the crackle of the flames. You may even begin to sweat as the temperature rises. Not for those around you, just for you. The screaming skull is now a permanent fixture at Wardley Hall. Perhaps it is wise to keep your distance.
0: there you have it the screaming skull of wardley hall david what did you think of that one
1: i mean it's obviously it's screamingly good i mean from a from a a, a spooky point of view you've got everything you want there you've got murder and mayhem a bit of religious fervor and uh and you've got some kind of paranormal going on so i mean what do you what do you make of it though
0: I quite enjoyed it. Um, When I was doing the research for this one, it was really fun. A Screaming Skull is great anyway, because there aren't many of them. They they do occasionally come up, but they're not the most common ghost story. Um, I did have a hard time focusing on the story without also thinking of the very, very bad B-movie, The Screaming Skull. Um, If anybody's ever watched Mystery Science Theatre, you will hopefully know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, then please check out the Screaming Skull episode, because it's great. It's an awful film, but it's a great episode. Um, but yeah, I did enjoy it. I thought it's got a lot to do it. It's almost unique. It's not entirely unique because it's not the only Screaming Skull that we have, but it's one that you don't come across every day. It's not your grey lady appearing in a hallway. It's it's something that is altogether a bit different. Um, and it's quite brutal, really, Um I think you have to say the the backstory to the, to the poor priest that ended up with his skull in Wardley Hall. Uh, that's a horrific way to go, and kind of makes the story a bit meatier. It gives you something to really grip into, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I think that uh, you know, it's you. you just, I just. What you class as common or rare, we might might differ a bit, a bit because we've actually got quite a few stories on the spooky Eyes about screaming skulls, and oh, so okay. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if you, you know, I mean, it's probably, you know, I could probably list probably about five of them just just off the top of my head. But I mean, but it, you're right when you say they're not as common as grey ladies, they're not as common as green ladies, they're not common as white ladies. They're mm. a, a whole a whole thing in themselves, and. Uh, I, I, you know, I think just knowing the what happened beforehand, you know, this is not someone who's just died of a, you know, of old age in their bed, and they found a skull in a in a coffin. You know, hundreds of years later, this is something that is, uh, you know, is is horrific. It's a horror story, really. It's 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 not it's not just a ghost story. It's a horror story. So. Oh, that's great. And, and I think that's something that we can, you know, I gonna say cherish, if you can cherish a, a horror story. It depends what you're into. It is. I mean, you know, it depends on whose side you were, I suppose, during that, uh, that skirmish. It could be seen, you know, as, 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 as something that's uh, nice. But I, I really do think that, uh, you know, what, what, what could be better than, you know, going into a, into a house that's been told that, you know, if this skull is removed... You know, it, you know, it will scream, or you know, or mm-hmm. there's something connected to it, and there, a lot of the stories have that in it, and uh, and I also think that one thing I, I quite enjoy, if that's the mm-hmm. word for it, is stories like this bring us to a time when you know horrific things did go on, but they still remain to this day. Like I, I remember being in a place called Drogheda in uh, in. The Republic of Ireland, and uh, there you go into the church there, and the, the head of uh, Sir Oliver Plunkett, who, uh, if I can remember rightly, was was a priest. Uh, I might be wrong there, but he, I think he was a priest. And they've got his they've got his skull, and I'm sure it doesn't scream. But you know, skulls are quite common around the place, and I, I really, really don't yeah. understand why people would want to keep body parts.
2: Well, that's
0: something that really stuck out, actually, in this story, because I think it was his cousin went and, and rescued his head. Um, so it wasn't a skull at that point. It was actually his head, which was on a spike. Um, OK, you want to give it a proper burial. You maybe want to give your beloved family member some proper rights and say goodbye. But you then stash a head in the house, just behind a panel. and Nowadays, there's a glass panel there so you can actually see the skull, which is another great part of the story, that if you go and visit Wardley Hall, the skull is literally there, and you can see it in a way that, with a white lady, there's no guarantee you'll see anything. Um, But why on earth, once you've got that head, would you just stash it in a hallway? I mean, I I love that it's taken so long for anybody to realise that it's there. Surely it's going to smell, it's going to be quite, it's going to be horrible, isn't it? Does it smell though? the bone head in your, this, in
1: your smell? I suppose it would have smelt to start with, but there's no meat on it anymore. Mm. To be even more well, no, more but when when he with.
0: rescued it, it wasn't it wasn't a skull at the point when he rescued it. It was his head on a spike. Um, yeah. So unless he's actually buried it and it's been dug up at some point, then that meat's rotted away. It yeah. Um, yeah. Um. So I don't know. Maybe it was a lot longer between the death and the collection of the head, and it had rotted to a skull. And if it's left to the elements, it's presumably going to decompose quicker. Um, but it's just—it's brilliant. It's so it's such a physical story, and especially something like smell and something like sound—they strangely have a much more personal effect than just what you can see. Uh, it's like yeah. if you read—if you read a horror story or any story. Um, there's something much more powerful about a smell or a sound or something you can feel than just describing what your eyes can pick up mm.
1: Yeah, and I th- and I think it is cool. And you sort of said this before: was the fact you can actually see something when you go to Wardley Hall, you, you you can see the skull because you know I've been to lots of you know supposedly haunted places uh, that are that are lovely mansions, stately homes, castles, whatever you have. But it, you know, I've never seen anything there. I like I like the cool that I could tell you I've been to these places, but but at least like I said, look, here's a photograph of a skull oh, that's yeah. got a got a tail to it. I mean, that's pretty cool. It
0: reminds me a little bit of the Ashmolean in Oxford um, they have a cabinet just full of shrunken heads and there are no ghost stories that I know of that are attached to them but it allows you to really feel like you're in touch with that history and, and like you're part of it because there's something tangible in front of you and and that is the same with this story, there's something far more tangible there um, than in, in most ghost stories I think
1: And it is a horror, though, because, I mean, even when we talk about white ladies, you know, Mm. at worst, at worst, maybe not at worst, but, you know, at best, you would see a woman walking, wailing, doing whatever she does, Mm. but she's a woman in a white dress, so... You know, nothing particularly horrible about that. No. But a sc- the idea of a, just even looking at the skull, oh, there's a skull. Mm. You know, that's that's not, you know, something I you know you see every day, hopefully. So, you know... Well, you, it
0: depends you, on your line of work, I imagine. Maybe do. I mean, I've, I've, I've,
1: I've got a couple of plastic Halloween skulls behind me that you're yeah. not going to to see. But, uh, so, I mean, we, we, we do live in a world... But this is the epitome of ghoul Britannia, I think. It's a ghoulish what we're talking about here. Uh, you, yes. you, you talked about that um, museum in Oxford, which I've been to. Uh, I can't remember the, the shrunken heads because I think that'd be awesome to actually see some shrunken heads. Uh, but you've got different museums here in London that uh, show body parts and stuff like that. And, you know, there's a cheap thrill in that. People pay in the mm-hmm. olden days to see things. I'm sure having maybe even having a skull on show in a house may have been a sort of a talking point.
0: Probably, it might yeah. have been,
1: here, look at great, great, great uncle, you know, and here he is and he's, uh, you know, he's his skull. I couldn't think of anything worse, but... Uh, yeah, I remember one time I was uh, in a family cemetery in Northern Ireland, and it was, you know, I was just looking at it, and there was a bone right next to our, our grave. So I can only assume that's probably a relation of mine, a bone, <laughs> who else is going to be? It's on our grave, you know, it's, we're talking a, a grave that's hundreds of years old, but and I don't know that I'd actually want to see that.
0: Gone out for the night and just left a piece behind. But, oh, uh, no, I know, imagine,
1: imagine that <laughs> <up in there. laughs> someone's dug it up and then, uh, they've you know, they've put it all back together and haven't filled the, <laughs> the hole properly. So, uh, but I'm, I'm just wondering whether these were seen as sort of almost, uh, what's the word when you, you know, it, uh,
0: like a curiosity. It's a
1: curiosity. It's yeah. a talking point. And, you know, and I mean, I imagine that. I, I mean, there's obviously other angles to it when you have it in churches where they have, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the bodies of saints. Uh, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a whole different, you know, kettle of fish. But for something like this, it might have well been like, here's our martyr. This is a bloke who's, you know, mm-hmm. died for, you know, what he's, you know, believed in or what people, you know, didn't like him for. And he, here's, here's him. And I suppose people do have ashes of their loved ones on their mantelpiece. This is just something they didn't
0: do back in those days. And skulls were a really popular just piece of decor for a while, especially to the Victorians. Um, God, they loved a bit of Gothic decoration. And you would often just get random skulls in their carvings and their paintings and their decorations. It just was something that I think possibly because Victorians were quite repressed publicly. So Mm. privately, they, they ended up being quite wild to make up for it. Mm. And that's probably why you got very ghoulish de- decor. Um, certainly why some of the, the Victorian behaviour behind closed doors was, was completely wild, was because they were quite repressed in the public eye and they couldn't do these sorts of things where people could see them. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I like the part as well that the skull seems to have much stronger supernatural powers than your average ghost. I mean, we literally have a skull not only controlling the weather, which is, frankly, pretty awesome. I mean, if I die and someone just puts my skull on display, I'd love to be able to control the weather. That'd be great fun.
1: i control the weather now if I could. Never mind when I'm nice, dead.
0: <laughs> but there's also the side that this skull's been disposed of. It's been thrown away and come back. Um, it's been burned and it's returned fully intact. It's been smashed with a hammer and has returned intact. And it's like this threat from the skull in a way. And this links in with it being more of a horror than just a a mildly spooky tale. Um, It's this skull saying, you can do what you like to me. I'm more powerful than you are and you can never get rid of me.
1: Yeah, it, it, much. Much, it, it is very much It is it is a horror film, isn't it? I mean, I've not seen that screaming skull that you mentioned that film there, but I have seen the skull with Peter Cushing, and Christopher Lee, and uh, they've oh, all yes. got they've they've all got those kind. And I don't know, it did. I can't remember if it screamed, but it certainly was you know evil personified and you know mm. turned everyone crazy and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the yeah. skull is
0: a much more what's the word? It's a much superior film. It's far, far better. (laughs) The screen is terrible. But it's hilariously terrible. Um, They have a a little bit at the beginning of the film, like a a promo, because they genuinely thought it was such a terrifying story, in which they offer, if you die of fright, you can have a free coffin. And about halfway (laughs) through the Mystery Science Theatre, watching of it, one of the characters goes, a reminder, if you die of boredom, you do not get a free coffin. (laughs) Because it was just—it was very slow and ponderous and dull. But the idea yeah. behind it was was good. The yeah. idea behind it was frightening. It was just yeah. poorly executed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the skull far superior to the screaming skull. Okay, well. so <laughs> um, but, yeah. so we we've kind of touched on fright factor already, really. But what would you say the fright factor is of this? If you were going to rate it from Casper the Friendly Ghost to that creepy girl from the ring crawling out of a TV to, to make you meet your maker.
1: I don't know what 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 numbers have I got? you me. I never normally rate <laughs> things like this, so it's not like I. Uh,
0: uh, you well, don't have to actually rate it. Don't worry. I think it's all. I think
1: it's all right. I mean, it, I, I wouldn't give it the girl out of the ring. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, poop my pants thinking about this kind of thing because you know it it doesn't sound like it's particularly true but uh but having said the fact they did a dude did die because of all this and uh they've Mm -hmm. got his head you know his skull still on show you know if you if you you thought about that in a a real terms if someone today died and in six months time they still had their skull on the on the mantelpiece i I think it'd pretty much be on the front of the sun or the you know the daily mail or some other you know rubbish paper Mm -hmm. uh so, I mean, it, so from that point of view, from scare factor, not a lot. From creepiness factor, yeah, I, I'd, I'd, I'd get it up there pretty high.
0: I, I think I would agree. It's not necessarily scary, unless you're physically there trying to remove the skull, and then maybe it would make you think twice. Um, but the skull, it, if you believe the story, it doesn't go out of its way to harm anybody who hasn't already messed with it first. <laughs> um, it's very much, it might scream a little bit, but Otherwise, you're probably fine if you just leave it be. Um, and it is funny that it's now part of the lease that um, the skull is not to be touched or removed. Um, so the the building, Wardley Hall, has been used as the home for the Bishop of Salford for years now. It's just whoever happens to be bishop at the time, that's where they get put up. Yep. Um, you know, it's a certainly a nice place for, for your workplace of, of living. Um but yeah, I think if you weren't physically there, it's not going to harm you. But it's maybe something you'd think twice about if you were living there or if you were going to stay there for any period of time. Um, the backstory, I think, is definitely scarier than the the ghost story. Um, largely because it's true as well. Without, without crossing too much into believability at this point, what happened to Father Ambrose, 100% true we've got the records to show what what was done to him. He was effectively lynched. Um, and then he was convicted and very quickly executed. I mean, the, the trial was barely a trial, really, partly because he didn't defend himself. He said, yes, I was preaching, but I don't see that this was actually something that I shouldn't be doing. I don't see that I'd done anything wrong. And the judge, very swiftly, I think had already made his mind up anyway, even hmm. before the plea, um, just went, okay, fine, sentence to death, off you go, and and the rest is history, so they say. Um, but probably one of the scariest things I find with ghost stories, with horror stories, is the real stuff. It's the things that we've done to each other over the years, and, and the things that human beings are willing to do to each other, for the in the name of religion or in the name of well, anything, really. Someone like had to sit down really. at some point and think, well, yeah, I mean, at some point there had to be someone who sat down and thought, okay, how can we execute someone, but how can we make it really horrible so oh. that it will act as a warning and a message, but also an effective punishment? And somebody's come up with this really terrible way of, of executing somebody. Oh.
1: The worst thing is someone actually thought that this person deserved that. That's a good point. I mean, you could say I will do this horrible thing to this person as a uh, a deterrent to everyone else, and you could think, okay, that might you know it's all you know horrible, but it makes sense. But someone else that you have done something so bad, we are going to do this to you, so your final moments on this earth are as painful as possible. It's not bad enough that we're taking your life, but we're going to torture you and make it so you know you you know you'll be praying for, you know, your death. Mm-hmm. That's the bit that gets me that there's someone is so cruel that they do these things anyway. And that's, that's the real horror. Yeah. And it, you know, and that's what it all comes down to. In all a lot of these stories we do, we forget about the fact that some person is so cruel, is so evil, and that's where the evil is. It's not that this bloke's got a skull that's screaming or whatever. It's the fact that, you know, and, and I think we're going far, far away from the what we should be doing here is about a horror story, <laughs> or about a ghost story, and we're now talking about the moral ideas of uh, yeah, execution and torture. It.
0: It, it's a big part of it. Um, and let's not forget, he was killed for preaching Catholicism. When at the time Protestantism was was the the religion that you were supposed to stick by, so he's not hurt anybody, he's not killed anybody, he's not gone out and done any harm. It, if you were to believe it still it, happens,
1: it, it still happens overseas. Oh, yeah, people still do it for different religions and stuff. It's not like you know people are still getting executed and mm. you know different countries are doing this for stuff anyway. So it's not you know, this is not that far away, you know, far away no. from where we are um, now.
0: From a ghost story point of view, if you were that priest, if all you're doing is preaching your religion, and he was generally thought to be a gentle man and a, a, just a generally good man who would always put himself out there for people who needed help, I can see why he'd be a little bit hacked off after his death, after such a horrific death, and I can see why he would really lash out at people around him.
1: Yeah, you would be a bit. You'd be a bit miffed, wouldn't you? Yeah. I'd be a bit cranky if someone, I'd you know, look. hacked me to death and did yeah. all these bits and pieces. And if the most I'd get back to screaming at them, I think I'd be more than screaming.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know what? Yeah, I am going to call a storm down and try and demolish your house.
1: Yeah. So. Um,
0: so, um, shall we move on to the believability then, just to round things off?
1: Uh, yeah. I think we sort of said that. I don't, I don't necessarily with we, that. We've touched it. on
0: quite a lot of it. Yeah. Um. So, we know that what happened to Father Ambrose was real that's proven in the the historical records, M- you might be interested to know that actually it, for a while, it wasn't believed to be his skull. Okay. So for a while, I'm going to have to check my notes here because I have a memory like a sieve. Um, but initially the theory was that the skull was that of somebody called Roger Downs, um, who died at the age of 28. Um, And I've obviously just told you about Father Ambrose Barlow, who was a a gentle, kind, nice man. This bloke, Roger Downes, was the total opposite. He was described as one of the wildest blades at court and an undoubtedly vicious character. Um, So the legend was that he got involved in a drunken brawl at Epsom Wells, um, in which he was beheaded. And his skull then was for some reason, brought to Wardley Hall. Um, Now, the rumour was so strong that in the end, they actually exhumed his grave to see if it really was him. Um, And it wasn't, because his whole skeleton was there, his skull was still attached. um, Apart from the upper portion of the skull, just above the eyes, which had been sawn off. Um, But that was a fairly common thing. They'd done it for a post-mortem, and postmortems back in those days a little bit less nuanced than they are now so the doctor literally took a saw to his skull just to check what killed him in this fight um but definitely wasn't him um we do know that it definitely was father ambrose barlow whose skull was brought to wardley hall um from a believability point of view possibly a silly question do you believe the stories of the skull haunting people and causing storms and whatnot? Yeah, I
1: don't. I don't, no, I don't necessarily. I, I, I can believe that people could be very creeped out by it, and it could drive them to distraction. I believe the thought of having a skull there could. Uh, affect their mood uh, it could you know scare them all that kind of stuff you know it doesn't take much to you know you watch a horror film and you go go to bed and you're still feeling creeped out even though you know it's a film and it's, it's a million miles away from you and it might be 50 years uh-huh. old it still scares you so I think if I had a, a, a skull of a bloke who'd been you know tortured and executed out there you know not far from you I could be scared I don't believe that it affected the weather mm-hmm. but that's
0: a bit far you know, fetched, doesn't it? The way,
1: it's it, pushing it a bit. That does, yeah. It, it, it may well have been. I'm sure it probably was raining anyway, yeah. or it was still storming, or whatever it might have been. But it's not likely to, you know, if if that if that skull had so much power, you'd think before he's before he was it was taken off his head, he could have done something about it. If you mm-hmm. had that kind of power, wouldn't you? Or you have to wait till you're dead. That was sort of a bit. And
0: so. Certainly nowadays, skull uh, storms, sorry, uh, are not uncommon in the UK. I mean. We're <laughs> really recording right. this just after we've had three of them, one of which was Storm Eunice, which had hundred mile an hour winds. I mean, my my whole village has been without power for most of the last weekend because it took out the main supply for the village, and they've had to plug a generator in. Do so, you have a skull?
1: Do you have a skull in your uh, in your village? Could there be something to do with that?
0: Well, we have a graveyard. There's probably a lot of skulls there. Maybe one of them was really angry and called it upon us. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it's, it's a common thing, isn't it? We we don't have the best of weather. No, it's that's right. This is not the England Sahara
1: Desert, here. is it? We're not, you know, it rains in England. I mean, you know, it's what it does.
0: I think something like 75, 80% of our days are supposedly grey and cloudy every year on average, which... That's, that's far
1: more right. depressing. Don't don't talk like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's more depressing <sighs> than the than I don't mean the story. T- t- I'll
1: take a bloke and execute it and murder it yeah, and slaughter and all that, you know. That's much cheerier than the thought that it's... Anyway, sure. it's... It's a bit sunnier than it was a couple of days ago, so.
0: Well, yeah, and, and we have power now because of the generator, so so hooray! Um, talking about. but yeah, it's very very likely that there probably was some massive storm that's caused damage to Wardley Hall. Might have been hammed up a bit over the years. People do tend to exaggerate for the sake of a good story, and obviously there, there's a skull there that the owner of died in horrific circumstances so it doesn't take much imagination to put two and two together and just combine them um
2: what about the the stories
0: of the skull being disposed of and returning yeah i mean this is
1: this is the whole thing you either believe it or you don't believe it it's the same yes. as with the, it's the same as with the with the weather you're either going to believe it because you believe in that kind of thing or you don't it's i would say i'm just gonna say it's not true because yeah. it's not, if they smashed it up it's not going to stick itself back together it's a false one it's a false skull mm-hmm. it's an imposter skull if it's the same skull or if it's supposed to be the same skull so i would say no it's cool and it's awesome and it's an, from a horror tale this is awesome stuff okay. and you know and we love it for that respect but you know the fact they smashed it up and it kept coming back i
0: mean that's just you know not true so, in the film, The Screaming Skull, without wanting to spoil it too much for people, but it, it's an awful film, so I'm sure you won't mind. You've already spoiled um, it for us anyway, yeah? It basically... The story is that it it's the skull of the husband's former wife who died, and he brings his new wife, and he's only married her for the money, he's trying to bump her off, but he's trying to make it look like she, she goes mad and she kills herself. So he's planting the skull there, and she throws it out, she gets rid of it, and it comes back. And it's because he's bringing it back, um, and then at the end the twist is that actually oh there was a ghost after all because the husband gets attacked by the skull and it's it hilarious he's it's literally just an actor holding a skull to his neck and shrieking and going ah but that was what was happening in the film and I think it's probably very similar that something's happened here if you smash a skull with a hammer. I think it's unlikely it's going to put itself back together and, and appear to torment you, isn't it? You might believe that, and that's very much down to personal judgment. Personally, I don't, but it's a good story nonetheless, and it's a brilliant part of the actual tale that it, it magically reappears in perfect perfect condition. But I think you're right. If the skull has truly been destroyed, it's going to be a fake now, isn't it? Um, or if... If it's not fake, if it's genuinely the skull of Ambrose Barlow, then it hasn't been burned and it hasn't been smashed. Um, mm. We also know that the skull has been removed on numerous occasions just to be, to be looked after. So it's a very old skull. It needs to be maintained, otherwise it's going to crumble into dust eventually. Um, so it has been removed from Wardley Hall on a few occasions. It's been away for a few nights each time. And Wardley Hall is still standing, and nobody's died, and nobody's gone mad with torment from hearing disembodied screams. So it's not something you're going to find when you find people writing the ghost story, but mm. it has been removed, and, and there haven't really been. With,
1: with any of these kind of yeah. stories, you know, we're talking a long time here. We're talking 300-something years, mm. more than that. I can't remember what it it's, what is. It? A, a long time. It only takes, you know, you you know, you have a normal folk you know, story about it, this is what happened. Then one night some wag decides, you know, to, to make up some kind of story, this is you know, and it's you know, tell some kids to scare them or something like that. And then that becomes part of the folklore and then a few years later someone changes mm-hmm. it and you know, now we're sitting here in two thousand and twenty two and we're saying this is what it was and it probably for the majority of history never there was no one ever questioned about it even being no. a screaming scale. So you don't you never know, none of it's documented. It's not what we're gonna say you know, it was a newspaper report from, you know, 1702 when it, you know, that some, you know, it was first screen. So we just have to enjoy the story, enjoy the folklore around it. And, uh, and just accept it for for what it was for the creativity of the person.
0: I will probably say this ad nauseum. You'll probably get sick of hearing me say this, but it sometimes a story can just be a story Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, And this is a great story and it's one I really enjoy, but I don't believe that it's true—not for a second.
1: To be fair to Father Ambrose, though, if you're going to have this is going to happen to you, you might as well have a cool story coming after you, wouldn't you?
0: Absolutely, he kind of, He kind of
1: wins in this way. He kind of gets some kind of revenge on the place, whereas without it, he's just been—you know—been Better and,
0: remembered than his killers will be. Oh, that's um, right. Because otherwise, they could have just taken him away, hanged him, and buried him, and that'd be the end of it. And then no one would remember who he is or who yep. he was. But yeah, yeah this so, way, he is remembered. And this way, like you say, it's his final revenge in that he outlives his killers.
1: He does. And maybe scares some of their descendants. Or some, mm. I don't know. Anyway, we've, 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 we've enjoyed it, and it's been a, a great yeah. spooky Screaming Skull tale, which appears to be better than the film that you were talking about before, The Screaming Absolutely. Skull.
0: Absolutely. But do check out the film if you're listening at home, because while the film itself is terrible, the Mystery Science Theatre treatment of it is great. It's it's really fun. Um, so that there we have it for today. Um, thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed the show. If you do have any feedback or any comments you would like to give us, then please do. We're always happy to hear it. Um, you can find us on Reddit, where we are, Gould Britannia. We're also on Instagram as Gould Britannia. Um, or you can email us, which is gouldbritannia at yahoo.com. Also, please do check out the story if you want to read through it again on www.spookyisles.com. And while you're on there, do have a look at some of the other content because it, it will be worth your while. Um, and I'll, I'll
1: make sure that when the article goes up that we have a link to the other Screaming Skull stories uh, that we've okay. talked about today because there are more more than one Screaming Skull and uh, Matthew, you should probably check them out as well because I think you'd enjoy them.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I do know of a few others. I wasn't aware that there were lots and lots, but I will certainly have a read through them because that, they sound very entertaining. Brilliant. Well, with that then, I will say take care and goodbye, and we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye-bye.